Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Welcome to another episode of The Wellness Collective. Here we are. Here we are. Life has been a little bit crazy. (laughs) It's As crazy opposed to for you. What are you talking crazy, about? Crazy, crazy. <laughs> yes. Um, but Why? you know, you've had a man cold. I have had a no, it was, it was, no. It was not a man cold. Thank you very much. It was a, very much a lady cold. <laughs> Wiped me out for a whole week. It wasn't a cold. It was <laughs> a flu. A serious thing. I don't know. I but think anyway. that the definition of flu is quite funny though, because everybody has the flu, but they probably don't have the no, flu. No, I had they a flu shot really at the start of the cold. season. So yeah, it right. was an infection. Right. It was well, a chest infection. Yes. So, so that's warranted. Thanks. Yes. I'm glad I've passed your muster on whether I was sick enough to be sick. No. No. <laughs> well, no, you had that. I have had the shingles. Oh no. Okay, you win. And you've had your you've had your face I operated had, on. I had a steak taken out of my face. What? <laughs> it looked like a steak. It really did. Gross. I know that sounds horrible, but it really looked like a piece of little teeny tiny I feel it. Mm. Um, Delicious. So that was fun. I get the stitches out today, actually. I hope you got to fry it up and have a little oh, no. placenta-style Oh, no. Feast. No, no. Come on. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, no. Yeah, anyway, I think um, not being particularly well and trying to push through with all the things that you have to do, even when you're not particularly well, makes you realise that something's got to give. And today's guest... Really? is, uh, well, she's going to show us a few things about how maybe we can find a little bit more time in our life for us. Would you say? Yeah. Hey, I'm Alita Harvey-Rodriguez. I'm the founder and director of Milkwood Academy. We um, specialise in helping companies slow down to speed up using a principle that we call design thinking. Design mm-hmm. thinking. What is that? Wow. Oh, well, it's a very interesting principle. It's actually developed for architects and we've changed it for business purposes. And it allows us to take a step out of the daily grind uh, so that we can look at things holistically as opposed and set really great foundations as opposed to building things straight up and destabilising things. So getting more creative in our workspace to solve real business problems. So I know that I need this in my life and I am very bold and very loud in saying in all the things that I have done in my business, mm. I never, ever signed up to manage people. Really? No. But you run a business. Didn't you think when you started employing people that that happened to be part of it? Yeah. So, yeah, it is. <laughs> no, but you're missing my point Oh, now. you didn't want to. I never thought about that having to be something that I needed to do mm. because I only ever saw myself in my business. I never saw other people in it. Mm. And then it grew and it grew and it grew and it was like, holy moly, uh, you need to get some skills around managing people, and I think that's something that most humans lack. Well, and <laughs> and it's I always find it interesting that usually, and same in your case, that you're good at something and you love that something that you're good at, so you do more of it, you get successful, and then you need to bring on more people, and then all of a sudden you're put into a management position which takes you away from doing that thing that you love doing. Yes, So absolutely. she's saying that this is a helpful tool for that kind of uh, situation? Well, what she said was actually really interesting. The thing that I realised very, about 10 years into my career was that we never really take time to step back. We're constantly relying on technology to solve problems for us, you know, both personally and, and in our business life. And all it's really doing is creating a lot of speed and we're not really laying any great foundations for growth anymore, again, personally and professionally. And, and um, when I realised that... We 
we kind of stopped being creative in the workspace. I just realized that we had to kind of change that and we needed to use human beings and people um, to to really help us to stabilize things as opposed to relying on technologies as band-aid approaches that is no way stable. Design thinking allows us to do that, not only in our daily lives, but also in our jobs. She also went on to add something else really interesting. It came from the space of working for software providers all the time and going out and pitching solutions. But the solutions didn't really seem to meet the problems that their customers had or the cust- or the team had. It j- was just like, here's an idea. I think this piece of software can fill that space. So I'm going to invest millions of dollars into this software. And then we still have all the same problems because nobody's actually laid foundations for solutions. And I think that really brings us back to the concept um, of this talk that I give around slowing down to speed up. Um, and that's really what this is about is let's take a backward step. Let's not jump straight into solution mode. Let's come up with as many ideas as possible that we can to solve this problem. And then let's validate those by the market. And then let's build our solutions instead of just constantly jumping into, I've got to fix this. I think that's amazing. And because I'm a bit of a Luddite and I do have computer kryptonite running through my veins, every time I sit down to do something with a computer, I reckon it takes me more time to figure out what's going wrong than actually using the system to my benefit. So I think she's right. You can't rely on computers and software and all these apps and everything that we've got in our life. They don't necessarily work if the people aren't using them the way we need them to work. That's clearly what she's she's at, right? Yeah, I think so. You know, I laugh actually at my dad. He's a good example of this. Yeah. He, I mean, he can use a computer. Don't get me wrong. He works on one every single day, but it's always the computer's fault that it's not working the way mm. he wants it to. The same thing he used to do with Facebook. He would get really mad and say, oh, stupid, Facebook's done this and this. And I'm like, <laughs> I think it's Facebook. I think, I think mate, it might be you. Mm. Um, but... And again, that's another example of exactly what we're talking about. You know, we're not focused on finding our solution in maybe the same way that we've always done it based on all of these distractions. Well, it's kind of like if something isn't working out for you properly, then get another app that works with that app to find the solution to the bug that's going to fix the thing. It's like medicine, you know, take one and then you've got side effects, take another side effects. It's like have an app, need another app. Oh, my goodness. We've just identified something. We have totally. That's right. This is the new disease. It's (laughs) called app fever. Oh, my goodness. But I don't know about you, but I could do with some type of structure around this. I know not just at work, but maybe at home even. I don't have any systems in place when it comes to child management in terms of, I don't know if you do, but Mm. I kind of just wing it. Oh, in terms of you're allowed to play for 15 minutes on this or? Yeah, no, I mean, I guess they don't just free ball it all day long. <laughs> but I certainly don't sit there and, you know. Monitor? Yeah, well, I do that. Well, also you set an example with the way you and I and every parent and every person set an example to the children that are in our lives these days because it's really difficult if you're on your phone all the time and updating Instagram and on Facebook and doing work in inverted commas, um, to then turn around to them when they say, can I ever go on your phone or can I go on the iPad and say, no, you can't. I mean, you have to sort of lead by example. So I'm very conscious of that. I try really hard to put, when I'm home, put my phone on the shelf. We don't even have an iPad. Um, We have a computer, obviously. Um, 
But, you know, I try and put it away and once five o'clock, six o'clock comes, I try really hard not to just be checking it all the time and, and being distracted yeah. because kids pick up on that. Of course. And you're leading yes. by example. Yes, absolutely. I think I saw something actually really funny the other day. This is sort of a side note but mm. sort of same vein um, that had a, you know, a quote on Instagram that said, Something along the lines of, I don't like um, you, I was talking to a child, I don't like you um, playing with other people online. Like, it's a, it's such a weird concept. Um, and the, then it, the next quote was something along the lines of, yeah, no worries, Dad, um, you watch people buying houses. Like, just that <laughs> it's all about this people observation. And we say to our kids, that's not okay, but we're kind of doing the same mm. thing. It's exactly what you're saying. So we need to get conscious around that. It was, it was a funny meme, I should find it. It's weird. But isn't it weird that we like doing things like that? Yeah. I mean, I find it baffling myself. But then I quite like getting on one of the real estate websites and just going through the houses that are for sale yeah. in whatever area takes my fancy. Not even <laughs> not even my neighbourhood necessarily. I oh. fantasise about moving to the beach or what have you. But, um, you know, there's that whole, there's like an industry of people on YouTube making videos for children particularly, like the one where they open the, the toys. Yes, the Shopkins. What is that? <laughs> what my is kids that? love that. It's so funny. Anyway. It's cheaper than buying them the Shopkins themselves <laughs> and then they'll never use them. Well, I wanted to ask Alita a little bit more about this strategy that she's um, adopted and identified. So design thinking is a framework um, and you kind of get to this point where we have a business sense. It's like I've got this really big challenge. I've got this really big problem and I keep thinking of ways that I think I'm going to solve it. And one of the things that we do as leaders that is really great is, and it's also detrimental, is like I'm, I've, I've got, my team has a problem and I want to solve it for them. I want to solve it. But um, really, you know, it's and it becomes to a problem where, again, you apply those Band-Aid approaches, but can I actually take a step back, ask my people what they think an ideal solution would be and how can I take that on board, validate whether that's the solution that we need to go for and then build great foundations for growth that everybody has buy-in to, not just me going, I want to solve that problem. I really like it. Simple strategy includes everybody rather than just the person who's at the top thinking that they have the answers for the team. Mm. You know, I think well, that's where... Quite often they're not at the coalface to know what the problems really are. I see this all the time. <laughs> I think this is actually one of the things I've identified in schools. Whoever is putting the curriculum together for young women's sexual health, yep. who's making these decisions that it's a good idea for us to keep information or not present all of the facts. Like if you look at a school that is um, of a religious background, mm. often you're not allowed to say that you can use contraception. Um, you really don't allude to too much around ovulation and you know, that obviously it's something that happens. But there's this disconnect is what I'm trying to say between mm. the facts of what actually happens and what <laughs> we are supposed to be taught according yes. to the institution. So, you know, this is the same thing. I think that it, it, the decisions need to be collaborative. Yep. Made by people who actually understand. Would make sense. And take the emotion out of it too, I suppose. Yeah. You know, yeah. actually look at it as just a biological kind of situation. Totally. And I think, don't get me wrong, obviously the basis behind that is to, you know, people thinking that they're doing the right thing or protecting young women. Mm. I understand that there's that factor. But I think if we just stick with the facts. Um, that's a good <laughs> place go to begin. Now, I want to know more about this idea of slowing down to speed up because that's what Alita's catchphrase is, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You've got to slow down to speed up. I want some of this. But in this fast world that we live in, that's kind of, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> well, Alita explained the nuts and bolts of that. And how we can apply it to our personal lives is through three things. One is doing nothing, just 
do nothing. And it's really, and people are really afraid of doing nothing because it's like, if I do nothing, then I stop and then everything stops. But it doesn't really work like that. When you do nothing, you create space and clarity and you can actually do things, um, do things differently, which is the second thing that you should be doing is just thinking about how can I do things different? You know, things like one of the things I've been doing lately, because I get home, you might do this too, you know, being a business owner and, and, and really ambitious and you get home and you're constantly connected to your phone. I'm just going to check my emails just one more time. And then you see that email and then everything just gets really wild. And then you've got to sleep on that. Then you've got to have a good night's sleep so that you can approach the solution in the morning, but your brain doesn't stop working. Then we step into a place of panic and then, you know, all this kind of stuff. What about if you just did something different? Like I get home at five o'clock. Let's say you get home at five. I'm not checking my emails until the next day because there's not one problem that is urgent enough. If it was urgent, somebody would call you. So just doing something different every single night that's going to add value to your tomorrow to make you a better leader, a better person, a better partner, better mother, better friend. And then the third principle that sits behind it is doing something. So doing nothing, doing different, and then doing something. And that's doing something can be doing nothing. Um, I am here in, I think, in my place in my personal life from actually doing nothing. I dropped, I let go of my phone for three days and I just was like, I'm turning that thing off. I don't need you. Well, you know, it made me nervous a little bit. What happens is nothing's going to happen. No one's going to die. And if they do, they're gone and that's okay. And you can appreciate that. Find out when you need to find out. Just give yourself some creative space. So I'm always doing something. Yeah. (laughs) Like I have to consciously really focus on not doing something. Even last week when I had this removed from my face and I felt pretty horrible after I had it done. Mm. Um, And you had shingles. I had shingles. Mm. And I had to, I I remember sitting on the couch that night at around 10 o'clock thinking I should be doing something. This is a waste of time. Yeah, well, that's the key word though, should. Right. And I didn't. But I really have to stop myself. I have to be so conscious Mm. not to do. But isn't it funny how we always think we should be doing something else? Like what we're doing is never enough and yeah. not good enough. But that's the other thing, that there's always going to be more to do. Of course. I say this to my patients, there's always going to be more. Yeah, well, it's like when kids tell you they're bored, you just look at them and go, wow, that must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like this idea, though, that you, you you actually evaluate the distractions that you have in your life. And I think her point about email is just spot on because really we've all been in that situation where you go, I'll just just quickly check my email. I haven't checked it for a while. You know, there might be some work might have sent me something and it might be urgent and, you know, it's like 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon and really it probably isn't urgent. Can deal with it tomorrow. We're not, I'm not a brain surgeon or a, you know, a heart surgeon. No one's going to die if I don't check my email. But everyone's made that mistake of checking it and there's an email you don't want. And then it's ruined your night. Mm. And you think and about you it and you think, yeah, mm. you, you, you're up all night thinking about what you should have or shouldn't have said. Totally. It's a great idea. So switch off. Pointless distractions are exactly that. Pointless. And try and find some time to just be. But so I think that you and I mm. have both got something in common. Yes. We're both creative. Yeah. I consider myself pretty creative even though um, I think at times a lot of people 
and myself included, lose touch with that. Yep. Um, I see this in clinic a lot where I, I say to patients, the one thing missing is your creativity, that you don't do anything for you anymore. What did you once do before you had kids or mm. before you worked ridiculous hours? Was it that you, even being social or, I don't know, if you like to dance or paint or Knitting. write or whatever that is, mm. but we've a lot of us, especially I think as women and men, but we we lack that. Which Oh, we put it to the side because it seems mm. frivolous. Yes. It doesn't seem like it's worthwhile doing. But in reality... It's really important for our health and wellbeing. Mm. Building code or something like that or doing data analysis is something that, well, it's so linear, you know, but actually even things like that can be have a creative process. What if I looked at this differently? What if I calculated it this way? And it's that what if statement that can take us into a really great creative space um, that, that can help us to be better. And we even have that space around even our own personal life. Like, you know, how can I be a better partner? You know, what if I change this? What if we just went to dinner once a week? You know, what? what's that difference that we can create? And, and, you know, and that is creative thinking, even at its most simplest form. Creative isn't creating the next Uber or the next Airbnb. Creative iteration can come from a very small place. So what about if we just jumped up and walked out? <laughs> what do you mean? Of here? Yeah. We've got work to do. You can't leave just yet. I don't know about you. I'm down for it. <laughs> it's quite sunny outside, actually. Um, it's actually time for a break. That's what I was getting at. Oh, <laughs> what if we just took a quick break? See you in a sec. We're talking about doing something different, slowing down to speed up and doing nothing with our guest today, Alita from Milkit Academy. We're talking about slowing down to speed Mm -hmm. up and doing nothing. What happens if you did nothing? What do you do? What do you do with nothing? I don't even know what to do with nothing. Just sit? Well. Be? Actually, no, I lie. Okay, so spring has sprung in Melbourne and the other day I went for a walk, dropped the kids at school, walked home and... I, I was going to take my headphones and listen to a podcast and then I couldn't find the headphones in a flap getting out the door, so I didn't have them. So it was just me and, you know, the walk. And I noticed the blossoms, I noticed the trees, I noticed the wattle, I noticed the spring, I noticed the sky, I noticed the smells because I was actually just in the moment. How lovely. How lovely. But you have to concentrate to do that, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that counts as doing nothing. So what's interesting is that Alita talked about a Swedish study where people were locked in cabins for 72 hours and then they monitored and watched what happened to their health and wellbeing. Uh, It was run by um, some Swedish scientists and they created what they called the 72-hour cabin. And uh, what they did was they took five really highly strung professionals, everybody from doctors to policemen, and and, um, they took their phones away from them and they dumped them in the woods in these beautiful, yeah, they just dumped them in the woods and then let them run free. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) What they did was they took their phones off them and they left them in these beautiful, you know, Scandinavian designed, stunning, gorgeous little cabins. And you were there with a book um, and a 
and a um, and a canoe, and it was on a lake, and it was stunning. And they and they used um, they used scientific methods to try and understand what would happen to these people's anxiety levels, um, what would happen to their stress levels, what would happen to their heart rate, um, even their creativity levels. And they measured these things, and they found in seventy two hours that as much as um, there was a seventy percent decrease in um, in in um, anxiety, um, big, huge, ninety percent decrease in stress, blood pressure dropped, heart rate dropped. Everybody said really amazing things. One of the one of the people even went as far and as saying um, he was a journalist, really high pressure job, and he turned around and he said, I felt like the whole world has slowed down. You know, if that's one person feeling that kind of impact in their body, in their world, just imagine if we all took 72 hours, it doesn't have to be in the woods, but just away from your phone as to what kind of things we can slow that our own self and our entire world to do things differently. So this is actually really interesting because when she was talking about this, what came to my mind is that when I fly, mm. there's 14 hours where I'm disconnected from most of the world. And, I mean, anyone that flies. This well, you've flown too, quite I'm a flying bit a lot, so I've noticed yeah, this because, so, yeah, correct. you get your forced 14-hour gap. Correct. Now, it used to give me great anxiety, and I think that's probably really? around the kids. Well, it's that I'm oh, yeah, 14 yeah. hours and I don't know what's happened, and work too, like the business, because at the end of the day, they're all, I'm responsible for that. Mm. Um, and so what's really interesting is that I can identify after doing this so many times now that I actually do feel really like I have disconnected mm. and that I actually don't want to check my emails. I don't want to know. No. Not, but, you know, up until the minute I'm on the plane, I'm like checking, checking, checking. I love that about flying. Because you, it, and it's actually, when I go to the dentist, I think of that as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know how people are really freaked out by the dentist. I'm not. I don't mm-hmm. know why. I just, it's just always been just something you have to do. And, um, but I always treat going to the dentist like I'm on a flight. Mm. Like I think, right, I'm here, I'm in this chair, I can't be anywhere else for the time being, I just got to see it through. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think that's good. Sometimes you, but you need to be forced into these situations right. in our current situation that we live in. Exactly. And we actually had this the other night with a blackout. Oh, wow. So the power went off at about ooh, five o'clock in the afternoon. We've got gas cooking, so we managed to cook oh, yeah. dinner, had three or four candles. We lit, we've got an open fire, so we lit the fire and we played Scrabble and Lego and hung out by the fire and I went to bed at 8.30. Wow. Because there was nothing else to do. So, <laughs> that it was reminds great. me of a funny story. We were on a family holiday in Hawaii. There was the whole like my <laughs> mum, her brother, their wow. family, their kids. There was It was a really big house, five bedrooms. We were all staying there, maybe 15 of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all sitting on the couch. It was this big, big couch and we're all on our devices. We've all got our head down and we're all, oh, <laughs> we're all on our devices. Awful right? together, but and then anyway, not. then all of a sudden the power, the Wi-Fi dropped out, and so we've all looked up and gone, "Do you have Wi-Fi? Do you have Wi-Fi?" And like, no, <laughs> I don't have it. And all of a sudden, we all started talking again. Yeah, and we were like, "Oh, what? How sad is it that yeah. the Wi-Fi had to drop out for all of us to actually engage in a conversation?" Yeah. And then the Wi-Fi picked back up again. Okay, and we're back to it. (laughs) But it's funny. I think, you know, like everything that we talk about, it's about bringing awareness to it. I always think it's funny when you drive past a bus stop and 
99% of the time, the people waiting for the bus are on their phones. Yeah. You don't get many people just standing there going, oh, look at the birds across the way and, <laughs> gee, I wonder when the bus is coming, but gee, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's always like, oh, it's what's going on and oh, Facebook and blah. It's very well, funny. Yeah. I, I also think, though, in terms of if you have children or if you're trying to fall pregnant, I think um, it's good to try and be in the moment with what's going on because you just get so much more out of it, don't mm. you think? Yeah, of course. I always think um, swimming lessons are a good one. If you have kids and they go to swimming lessons, a lot of the parents will just sit there and read a book or or be on their phone. But if you watch, the swimming lessons are quite entertaining. Oh, yeah, they are entertaining, totally. And, uh, and seeing them progress to from not drowning to being okay <laughs> is... From almost dying to living. Amazing. It's yes. exactly what you want. Living <laughs> is very much... Yeah, no, I'm not making fun of that at all. No. I had that situation with uh, our daughter where she, when she started swimming... It was very bad. So we've come a long way and <laughs> it's, it's a real relief. You've turned a corner. Yeah, yeah. But I think that, I mean, Instagram's a very good example of this, isn't it? That yes. I know you've come to love it as of late. I know. You were, and I think, I think part of that you were like resisting and then all of a sudden it's just tipped on in. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm here. No, well, actually it's funny because I, I always liked Instagram from the point of view that it's about a picture and a visual. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Twitter because I just think people get nasty. But I like seeing what people see through their own eyes and they, they bring that to Instagram. Um, but, yes, it has opened a floodgate. I know. Because there's just there's so much. It's never-ending. I know. Yeah. It does. It's fun. I obviously love it. Um, <laughs> although this week, not so much. I just made a little bit of a boo-boo. Yeah, said something yeah. that people didn't like. Public and, blunders. Well, that's the thing, you know. Um, mm. It happens. We're human. But anyway, um, we did ask a leader. Obviously, she's someone that works in technology. Can we use technology to our advantage to make life better? can make life more efficient, therefore we can do a lot more. Uh, I think Simon Sinek talks about this really, really well. Um, And he talks about this instant gratification that we create that's an external gratification. It's not gratefulness within ourselves. It's an external validation that I am good because I got... 40,000 likes on this post as opposed to, oh crap, I only got four. And what is, you know, oh no, I'm not, that, you know, that wasn't good enough for me. We were creating greater efficiencies, but we're not creating greater space because we're constantly plugged in. What happens if you unplug, even if it's just for, you know, something I do is I don't charge my phone after Friday. Tonight, my phone will run out of batteries at some point. Maybe it's going to happen tomorrow morning at 11 and I won't charge it until like three o'clock on Sunday. When I say this at conferences, people stand up and they clap like I am changing the world. Um, but it's really something that simple that, it, and it, you know, yes, it creates efficiencies, but it's actually creating distractions. Do you think we're actually getting dumber as a race? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> think about that. She stood up and said, I unplug my phone and people... <laughs> got up and applauded her. Like, seriously, people, come on. I think it's that whole thing as she's talking about. We have to feel connected all the time. Yeah, but even it's not even the connection. It's the like that thing about Instagram, 40,000 likes. Like, you don't need yourself validated by random strangers. We have to remind ourselves that it's just, it's a game, okay? It's not how good you are as a person. It's a fun game. It's Look at you, you're not quite sure about that, are you? Oh, I am. No, no, totally. I don't actually care how many people like something. Oh, really? What I care about is when I share something that's like life-changing and nobody cares, but they do care about some silly quote. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, that I'm like, oh, come on. Maybe that is life-changing for them. You know, quote? Yeah. Oh, what? Like something really silly that isn't, you know. Different things resonate with different people. It did make me realise too, um, 
at uh, my kids' school, they they brought in this um, uh, tech <laughs> last year, an app that you they would upload work that the kids did to this app and then send you an alert to say, you know, your child has a new thing for you Seesaw? to look at. Yeah. I think we all use the same one yeah. in Australia. Yep, yep. But there was a bit of a backlash at our school oh. about it because there was actually a like function where you could go, oh, like your work. And oh, I remember talking to a few it, parents, like well, there it. you go, because you're in the Facebook mode where you just click load. No, but I don't see it as validating and I see it as acknowledging that I've seen it yeah. to the teacher. Well, yeah, but the point that some of the parents had was that if you're teaching your children at this early age that you should be doing work in order to get likes from people, it's not a good message to send. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. But the child's not seeing that it's liked. Well, Only I think the teacher they can. Is. I don't know. Oh, I didn't if they're at home, the child, they can look at your app and I don't and let see. them look at it. I, don't, oh. I think that that's my communication with the teacher. Mm. That's the way I see it. Maybe yeah. I've got this all wrong, but I've seen it as my communication with the teacher. So I like it to show that I've seen it mm. and to... Yeah, that's the only reason I like it. So I see mm. it completely differently. Misinterpretation. Well, that's see, that's the, another that's issue, the, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. Uh, well, yes, there's an example <laughs> of that this week, isn't there? Yes. Um, but no, I, I don't see it like that at all. But that's that's part of the issue too is that we've all, we all bring our own, yeah, we do, we all bring our own mm-hmm. opinion and interpretation to something that I would have never have thought about it like that. Yep. Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm really more hung up on the fact that she doesn't have a phone for 24 hours that's charged <laughs> on a weekend. I'm like, don't you want to, like, see what your friends are doing or, you know? Well, yeah, I do think that was, well, maybe she's organised, like the olden days where you'd say, I'll meet you at the Lali Laba at 12 o'clock. Not when phones weren't invented. Oh. You know, you think back to, well, I'm old enough to have remembered going out before phone mobile phones were a no, thing. No, before, but you still had a phone at home. It was on the wall. If oh, you wanted yeah, to organise something, you picked it up. You couldn't go very far. You might have been able to walk around the corner. I used to stretch that cord like there was no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. privacy was an issue, wasn't it? (laughs) We still made it work. I think that was good, though, because it meant that we... we became more committed to the people in our lives as well. Like if you made an arrangement with someone, you didn't decide five minutes before that arrangement True. to change your mind, True. did you? Because no. there was no way to alert them to the fact that you might not be there. Yes. You just had to be there. Yeah, yeah, it's true, definitely. We were better people. Mm, maybe. <laughs> people say, aren't you kind of contradicting? I'm actually just trying to create space for people so that they can use technology better and understand the value that this thing can really give to us. You know, even we're even seeing people increased rates of anxiety and depression because they're feeling lonely, but we're more connected than we've ever been in life. So why is why is that? And it's because we've diverted our attention from human interaction to being a human interaction divided by a screen. Human interaction divided by a screen. I think it's good to talk about. I think there's obviously levels of it as well. Um, you know, there's you can become obsessed with anything and addiction to devices is truly a thing. However, there's the other side of it that shows that if you are someone that doesn't live near a lot of your friends, if you're overseas, if you're out of work or something, you can still feel connected to the people in your circle through these devices. And that's not a bad thing, surely. No, I love the fact that I can see what friends are doing from high school, Mm. you know, that I still feel connected to them. And some of them I was really close with. Some of the boys, some of the stuff that flashes up and I have a good (laughs) laugh and a good like reminisce. And And don't the boys look old? I know, how funny. (laughs) We've aged so much better than them. (laughs) 
don't tell them. <laughs> oh, it's so funny though. Like I just think, you know, some of the things and even recently some of the threads that have been dragged back up again that were like 10 years old that we're yeah. re-commenting on, it's, that part of it's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I think we've got to work out how to use it to our advantage. And look, there's always going to be something new that we can either be really bothered by yeah. or we just work with it. And I yeah. think this is, you know, even with technology, we get mad when something's not working properly. But really, it makes our life, usually, yep. there's an advantage to it. Well, if anything today, perhaps you'll look at that little uh, screen in your hand as you press stop on this podcast <laughs> at the very end of it and maybe reconsider, maybe go through your apps and have a look at what you've got that maybe you don't need anymore too. We kind of need technology, otherwise this wouldn't work. It's true. So don't delete the <laughs> podcast one, whatever you do, or the internet one because well, we need you for that. Whatever. But also the thing about podcasts, I think this links in. I was talking to a friend of mine before who works in marketing of podcasts and she was saying it's still so new and people don't understand it in the marketplace in a lot of ways. However... As consumers, people love listening to podcasts because you get a big picture and that thirst for knowledge and new ideas and stuff, this is where you can find them. So there you go. We hope this one has left you thinking about things a little bit differently to perhaps, you know, 30 minutes ago. Absolutely. Um, I want to say before we go. Go on. Please rate us. <laughs> we still haven't read out our favourite ratings. Oh, my goodness. You know, I know. We'll get there. We will but if you there. want to get in touch with us, please do. You can go to netcringudis.com. You can go to ceciliaramsdalevoice.com or you can find us on Instagram as well. Please get in touch with us. Tell us what you love, what you'd like more of, less of. Uh, and, yeah, jump on and rate us. That'd be lovely. We would love that. Okay. okay. And until next time. Yep. We hope you're feeling... Happier. Healthier. And better. Yeah. See ya. Bye. 